ancestral trauma, moving away from outdated paradigms and breaking free. This is episode 11 of Music Spirit and Accountability with Jay Hode and Michael Cooper. I don't know if too many people have an awareness of ancestral trauma or what that looks like. And if you believe in Gestalt therapy, you know, we have this body which takes us from, you know, um, conception or, you know, the embryo being made in the human body through to death. But there's also in timeline therapy, there's, there's a time before that. And we sometimes carry those through from us from past life, our own past lives, or even in this case, as Chantel's brought into to our awareness today is um, ancestral pain. And I haven't actually personally yet navigated any of that for me yet, not to say that it's not there. Um, I've been pretty, pretty consumed with my own stuff from this life. <laughs> it's, I feel you on that. And I really relate to that also, Mike, but it yeah. seems so many people um, that we know uh, and especially work with, like you said, before about you know in breath works and stuff you see it come up in huge ways sometimes mm. even not until like a breath work session or something so interesting yeah brother and that's where i've obviously seen it the most so not having personally navigated i've navigated for many others yeah and you know I, i'm not going to share personal details or you know people's story but just at a high level what i have seen come through is um People in this, and I'll use maybe me as the proxy for this, maybe I've been navigating through life and I've been feeling like I've been stabbed in the back or I'm constantly being punished or I even actually have physical back pain. But when the doctor or the physio or the chiro looks at me, it's like, there's nothing wrong with you. Like you're in this bodysuit, you're perfectly fine. And it's not until they get into a somatic release like breath work or maybe some of the Tasma coals, which is a sweat lodge or any of those type of modalities that these things start to come through when they get to an altered state of consciousness. And I've witnessed, you know, there was uh, one scenario where I've seen someone navigate almost like me pulling a knife or a sword out of their back. And for some reason in that moment, I've seen them convulse forward in, you know, physical movement. But the imagery that came through for them was not in this body. It was in this other time and space and dimension where they were literally stabbed in the back, mm -hmm. you know. And however, when we removed that in this particular bodysuit, they were carrying that wound, they were carrying that, um, the trauma from that in this bodysuit and their actions were living it out in their day-to-day -day life in this time and in this carnation. So that was really interesting because when we removed that, all of a sudden those ailments or those conditions or those traits and behaviors dissipated as well. Yeah. And so when we do things like breath work um, or some people do plant medicine and many different modalities, right? Whatever their, their uh, you know, whether it's Kundalini activation, whatever that may be, when we do these things, we often say this and it's a little bit of lip service, but when we heal one brother, you know, if I heal myself, I heal the whole global greater consciousness. And as a byproduct, you will benefit from my healing. But that also transcends time and space because time and space is a human construct in different dimensions and, and higher levels of frequency. Time doesn't actually exist. So when I heal myself in this moment, I heal myself 
across all the dimensions. Mm. And so at the soul level, you know, whether it happened in a past life, but I heal it now, it transcends through that. And so, yeah, some of the things I've seen with, you know, past life or ancestral trauma is physical pain, emotional pain, abuse, um, spiritual abuse, and obviously um, just traumatic events that have gone into those past lives. And because they're not resolved, because they're not integrated, and because they're not healed, um, they, they transcend through. And at some point, the soul, in, in this, let's say in this case, it's my responsibility to find that, be it a shadow or be it some form of pain from the past and heal that and integrate it, return it back to love. And that way we can work through some of our, not only our, our conditions, but things that may have happened in past lives with our ancestors. Um, and I don't judge it when I see it. You know, I'm just grateful to witness that. I'm like, yeah, wow, okay. And I know at that point, it just resonates within me that, wow, we did some deep work today. We got through five generations of trauma that that's been, that torch has been carried for. Yeah. And we managed to resolve that today with you, this amazing individual who is willing to go there. So yeah, it's, I, I, it never loses its impact on me how deep that work is. Mm-hmm. And often I'm like, yeah, wow. And very um, grateful for that. Mm. A dear friend of, uh, of ours who's, who's agreed to join us in a couple of weeks, maybe even be able to speak further into that because that's the realm that she actually plays with. Yeah, um, She's going to join us in a couple of weeks' time. So that could be an amazing conversation with Cara. That sounds incredible, brother. I'm looking so forward to speaking with Cara. And, you know, it's what you just said too. It's it's almost easy to forget that those realms exist sometimes. And unless you're like someone like yourself who's exposed to this frequently and myself, you know, working with, especially I think with you, brother, with working with breath work as a breath work facilitator, more often than not, it's something coming up in the field, maybe something that um, the people that are coming to breath work, so attracted to those are, there's maybe more of a current theme um, that they had that sixth sense uh, attunement to spirituality and to those those realms. Um, that that one you said specifically about pulling the knife out and then the profound shifts, like you know, for you uh, working in these fields, it almost feels like you're pulling a knife out or visualizing a knife being pulled out, and for then for the the person receiving that magic in that time for them they really relate to that and then the profound shifts that happen from that it's it's almost too profound to well it is it's too profound to ignore i I feel um but it's also it's so easy to forget that you know the again the media and all these things these days and life and stuff it's like oh that's right there's that whole other aspect of the world that i'd kind of forgotten how potent that was um it's it's beautiful to witness you in that brother Thank you, brother. Yeah, it's um, in that moment where you were referring to the knife or the sword being pulled out, it felt very real for me. Like there yeah. was the physical act of pulling it out and it felt like it was, you know, if I'm in my logical brain, it was just my hand. Yeah. But when I, at the very same time, the reaction within their body was exactly the same and the timing was as if the sword was being pulled out. Yeah. Um, and... It, it is mind blowing. And obviously we're multidimensional beings and we lose sight of that. We think we are 
this body is the be all and end all, but at the end of the day, it's really just the vessel that holds the soul. Yeah. Um, and that's where the magic lies. That's the God particle that lives within us. And that transcends time and space in these dimensions. Um, 100%. And that thing of, you know, let's say pulling the sword out, that, that might be a bit much for some people. Like, like what are you guys talking about? Yeah. Like, that, cause that's not real or whatever. But when, when you see it enough times over, um, mm. it, it starts to become really real. And the fact that it just sets off these profound chain reactions in people's lives where they're like, holy shit, I've just let go. I feel like I've let go of everything that was holding me back. And I'm now ready to step into a whole new chapter of my life. It's almost like I've been reborn or, you know, something like that. Yeah, 100%. And you see it. It's not lip service kind of, oh, that that could have happened. They embody it without having to think about it it happens yeah they, as you said they're no longer being held back by the weight of this trauma of five generations or whatever it was mm. five lifetimes even and who knows what that time frame was so yeah who knows and i just love what you said about sometimes just um just witnessing these things like you, again for relating you know in, in my world i come from a world of, of yeah, the, the spirituality and all those realms, especially the last 10 or 15 years. But up to then, I've been touring the world as a musician, often playing in pubs and very low vibrational places. Um, not that there's anything wrong with a pub, but, you know, there's been a lot of Stevos and Gazzas and Wazzas and Dazzas and Shazzas, you know, and they've been like, what are you talking about, mate? That's crap, you know, and quite opinionated on that. And sure, whatever your opinion is, you know, open to all the possibilities, but sometimes just a shout out to the men maybe out there i feel like specifically a shout out to the men and the women but i'm feeling like there may be a few men out there maybe listening that maybe don't know what to do or what to say if someone that they know maybe their partner or someone else is feeling some of these things that we're speaking about like feeling you know past life trauma or whatever is coming up and you know just it's just such a beautiful thing to to listen and to not have just to try and stay open my my invitation uh to anyone listening that that resonates with is to do your best to just keep your heart open and, and listen and witness because that alone can set off a chain reaction of events for people to heal those things that can then raise that vibration and send that positive ripple out to so many mm, that's beautiful brother beautiful invitation and great advice as well you know, with that, what, and if you just frame that with the idea of what if, you know, it's true. Yeah. I mean, is it, is it possible? Could, is it possible? Is there 1% chance that it's possible? And then, okay, well, let me listen to that. Hmm. Mm. Beautiful. So ancestral trauma, moving away from outdated paradigms and breaking free. One of these yeah. things I hear all the time um, I feel like that should be outdated, you know, family paradigms. One of the things I hear often is, wow, I just did that thing that my dad used to do. And I hated that thing that my dad used to do. Why did I do that? Isn't that interesting how we're, it's so easy for us to unconsciously or consciously, uh, repeat patterns that our parents do. Um, Mike, is there anything that you do that your parents did that you don't like that you do sometimes? And um, yeah, how does that work for you? And how do you break free of that? That's what we're talking about today. How do we break free? Probably all of it I do. Um, 
as you were talking about this just now, it, it started to land for me the magnitude. So we we might have to be conscious of time on this topic because I just realized how massive that question in itself is. So I'm going to throw myself under the bus in there's many things that I've said that I said I'd never say. Um, and I'm countlessly doing that. The greatest lesson I got was with my son. And, you know, I had a paradigm that you must be athletic and you must be fit and you must be logical and you must be strong and honorable and have strength and integrity. And they were all my values. And my son is quite theatrical, very emotional and loves drama and theater and music and singing uh, before I picked up any of this myself. Um, he was born with this and it triggered me because he was showing me the parts of myself that I did not love. I actually hated those parts of myself. And so my paradigm was he had to do sport and he had to do all of these things and that just wasn't his way. And I was forcing this square peg into a round hole. Mm. And as a result of that, we used to, you know, conflict. There was tension that needed to be resolved and I couldn't resolve it. And about far, four or five years ago, uh, thankfully through some of my awareness and changes that I sat there and went, this isn't working. We're, I'm repeating the pattern of my dad where we used to clash and have conflict. This isn't working, right, I need to change. And I just, in that moment, I said the next day, I let it all go. I let everything go. Within three days, he found a sport that he loved and he ended up taking it on. Mm. We stopped the conflict because I had no more expectations. I just said, why can't I love him and for, for how he is and how he shows up and who he is, not what I think he needs to be. And because as good as my intentions were that I was trying to set him up for life and give him all of these foundations so that he could make choices later on in life, however he saw fit, because he had the skills to use them, I was pushing and pushing and pushing and creating resistance. And the minute I let go, our relationship took off to what it is today. And we have the most beautiful, like we sing together, we play, like I'll play and he'll sing. And this never would have happened if I wanted to force the old paradigm of what my father forced onto me. Yeah. Now, that paradigm served me very well as well. So I don't have judgment over that because I did very well at sport. I love sport. Um, it set me up for my whole career and everything that I do. So super grateful, but that wasn't going to work for my son Yeah. and losing my grip on my, what was the right way, according to me, you know, and I'd have the poor boy in, down at the beach in tears, in t absolute tears because it, he just didn't want to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, why don't you want to be at the beach running? What's wrong with you? And anyway, when I let it all go, Everything happened for him. He took off at school. He lit up about music. He lit up about singing. He got into plays because I accepted him for who he was, not what I wanted to make him. And as a result of that, I got everything I wanted anyway. And he got everything he wanted. And eventually our relationship was just as, as, as beautiful as it is today. I can't imagine how where it is today because of that. So that's a you know, throwing myself under the bus of me holding on to the paradigm of what I thought was right. And that's what I was taught. And I guess what, that was what my dad was taught. 
And that's what his dad was taught. Mm. And eventually I realized that that's not serving anyone. Yeah. And the path of least resistance was just acceptance of meet them wherever they're at right now. And if that changes, meet them there too. And it was been the, the highest recommendation I could make everyone with the kids is see them for where they are and love that. Yeah. So yeah, cool. that was cool. So yeah, very cool. So that's my example, brother, of, of the old paradigm. Many, there's many out there, right? But yeah, um, that was a great working example that I'll continue to share because the father son relationship is so important. Mm. Um, especially, you know, all parent relationships are important, but the boy needs that masculine leader. And without that, he's got a dictator, which is the, you know, it's the bipolar version of the archetype that we, you know, we don't want that version of him. Yeah. It's the immature version. Yeah. He needs that divine masculine who is the leader, who is of is the king energy and loves him for where he's at. Yeah. Embraces, holds him regardless. Yeah. And so, yeah, that was huge one. I hope, you know, if anyone hears that story, can you look at your own kids and, and go, where am I not accepting them? Yeah. And what you just shared is a fine line with that, let's say, healthy masculine maybe unhealthy masculine between the two. And, and really, I feel like a big part of what that comes down to is presence, that healthy masculine to, you know, to witness and to accept, to observe and possibly share any red flags that we see along the way of something that may be really, uh, maybe not serving to the best of the ability of the, the person concerned, the child. But also in the sharing of that, not necessarily coming into it with, hey, this is wrong, but is it possible mm -hmm. that? And how do you feel about this? And, you know, those little things are, is, is, is so huge. And that presence, um, it's just it's just everything.